Tyrone and we are not your attorneys so what's going on in the news this week Usher still I just we have to talk about it for like at least 30 seconds I don't know anything about all these people coming out of the woodwork but I must say that one of the girl what was Quintasia 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 Sharpton um, Quintasia Sharpton um, she seems like a lovely girl, but what the hell was this press conference? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't tune in. I was about to. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not even about to waste my time with this. I think the thing that stuck out <laughs> to me was that she started to go into the details of how they allegedly had met. And I just thought that was so funny. And she was like... He spotted me at the show and he thought I was this and that. I was like, is this helping you (laughs) at all? Like, is this going to help you win a case against him? Because you're just setting yourself up for people to now judge you. Like, like, don't do that. Like, if this happened, like, go handle it in court. Don't go put your business out there in the street. That press conference was just ridiculous when I heard about it coming out. And that attorney, like. You know, she seems like she's pretty dope. I thought that she was dope previously because she has high profile cases. She's actually doing the Rob in China mm. um, revenge porn case. She's China's attorney. So I liked her. But girl, why you have you trying to do a Gloria? What's her name? Gloria Alvar- Alvarez. Alvar- oh, I know you're talking. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. The one that yeah. does all celebrity cases. <laughs> so with these press conferences, and I'm just like, that wasn't the way to go. At least make sure she's looking on point. It just, everything <laughs> felt really off about it. And I was like, I don't know if this is helping you the way you think it's helping you. You're sort of setting yourself up. Like, it's a it's uphill battle at this point. And she's making it worse because she said, she tweeted or something like, I normally be slaying but i just came from the airport and only had an hour to get there like okay girl Uh, just make sure all your i's are dotted and t's are crossed speaking about all eyes (laughs) oh lord (laughs) all eyes on me (laughs) (laughs) well tupac 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 this is the tupac episode and we are going to tell you guys about all of the lawsuits surrounding the Tupac biopic and how it was a struggle to get this um, made. So I wasn't really 100% sure about this. I guess I learned it researching the cases, but there had only been two previous uh, portrayals of Tupac on the big screen. One in the movie Notorious. I never saw that movie, so whatever. I'm from the West Coast. and I I heard it wasn't that bad. (laughs) I heard it was just like some things were a little bit off, particularly the relationship between Biggie and Faith and Lil' Kim and all that. See, it came on like MTV2 one day, and I tried to watch it, but I just couldn't. It was bad. 
I'm, I think I don't want to say the whole thing was bad because I didn't see it, but the first <laughs> five minutes, no. But Anthony Mackie played Tupac in that. Oh my God. I'm like, Anthony Mackie is not who I think it is. And I had to Google Anthony <laughs> Mackie. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, for real? Y'all were way disrespectful. And so the second portrayal of Tupac was uh, Mark Rose and Straight Out of Compton. He wasn't memorable. That was a good movie, though. From what I saw, you know. He kind of looked like him, though. I have to admit, I did not see um, Straight Out of Compton in theaters because I was boycotting it because Dre still hadn't talked about his abuse of women. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> was Michelle lying? Like, you <laughs> beat her. Like, we are going off on like a slight tangent, but R&B Divas um, Hollywood. <laughs> She was like, no, he hit, he punched me in my face. And I was like, yeah. well, not to say she couldn't be lying, but I'm more inclined to believe women when we're talking about physical abuse. Well, he has finally admitted it. So Absolutely. Maybe watch he, the movie now. I know. He, I, he I think I have it. to go back and watch it um, because he did talk about it in the Defiant ones. And the final or most current portrayal of Tupac Shakur is by Demetrius Ship and All Eyes on Me. Which just came out last and, year? No, this year. In this June. year. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> I'm just really on top of my rap biopics, clearly. <laughs> so they've been trying to make a Tupac biopic for years. It's been in the making and, you know, getting a depiction of Tupac's life on screen has this had lots of hurdles such as getting an accurate story proper licenses cast director blah 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 and now we're adding in like the legal aspect of it and there because there has been multiple lawsuits and most importantly is who owns the rights to tupac's life rights so we're going to try to break down all of the laws surrounding the rights later in the breakdown portion well, just to give you guys a little bit of background on all of the mess that has been going on um, trying to create this movie. So Afeni Shakur, Tupac's mom and her company, Amaru Entertainment, owned the rights to Tupac's image and music. Soon after his death in 1996, she began shopping around the idea of a biopic to many different studios, but that was kind of put on hold because Tupac Resurrection came out. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that documentary, but it was pretty good. You definitely should take, check it out. Um, but then in 2005, she started, or Amaru Entertainment started discussions again of trying to develop a Tupac biopic. And this is where the facts sort of start to get dicey, and it's all allegations from this point on mostly. So Amaru... Um, in 2008, Amaru allegedly entered into a contract with Morgan Creek Productions to produce a biopic. And that's when things turned not so great. Um, and in 2009, Morgan Creek sued Afeni and Amaru for breach of contract in Los Angeles Superior Court. And they were claiming that Afeni refused to honor the contract that granted Morgan Creek the life rights to produce the biopic. 
So Feeney claimed that there was never a contract in the first place. Which I don't, if there was something signed, I don't, they must be talking about an oral breach of contract. I don't know. I don't know. And accused Morgan Creek of interfering with her negotiations with other studios and attempting to strong arm her into a deal with them. Um, she also countersued Morgan Creek for $10 million. So apparently that went on for like two years. Then in 2011, Afeni and Morgan Creek settled the dispute because I'm sure it was costing them both lots of money Mm -hmm. because attorney's fees, girl. Um, (laughs) The settlement granted Morgan Creek life rights, Tupac's music and image to allow production of a biopic, which I thought was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Tells you a lot about what the judge and indoor jury thought about their settle or their agreement. Right. Um, but if the biopic wasn't produced within a year, then the life rights would revert back to Feeney. And then additionally, Morgan's Creek right to the film was set to expire in 2015. So in the meantime, it faced many issues while remaining in gestation, trying to get this film off the ground. So if anybody's confused on that, um, they had until the end of 2011 to produce or start production. So there's a lot in production before you actually start. So the pre-production phase. So they've been in that basically until the movie almost came out. Right. They actually had to get it done by 2015. By 2015. Yeah. So. There were many lawsuits and we'll just break them down in categories for y'all because it was a lot. And so <laughs> the first, we'll start first with the co-production lawsuits. Yeah. The outside of the original lawsuit with the settlement between Morgan Creek and Afeni. So in 2013, Emmett Furla Oasis, which we won't say anymore, we'll say EFO <laughs> production company sued Morgan Creek for $10 million in the Los Angeles Superior Court. Emmett Furla claimed that Morgan Creek breached their co-production agreement that granted EFO the exclusive right to choose the person to play Tupac and the director for the film. They were also supposed to jointly set a production schedule, a distribution and sales agreement, and there was only supposed to be a budget for the unnamed Tupac biopic of $30 million, which they each were supposed to pay half. Then it gets real shysty, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> so Morgan Creek allegedly went behind Emmett Furla's back to engage in a distribution deal with the distributor that they previously brought to MC, which they rejected. Morgan Creek also tried to bring new and arbitrary turns to EFO and raise the budget for the film after witnessing the success of Straight Outta Compton. Then EFO refused to pay the increased 50% budget. So Morgan Creek tried to terminate the contract, stating that they had failed to come up with their portion of the money. So just a little update on the EFO and MC, a.k.a. Morgan Creek lawsuit. It's still ongoing. (laughs) The battle right now, there's a battle between council representation and conflict of interest. So Morgan Creek's lawyers represented EFO in a separate lawsuit, but they gained access to EFO's financial history. So which is a a huge red flag if mm -hmm. one of the points of the case is saying whether they have enough money to fund the film. Exactly. So. 
clearly the film was made. What we know now, all eyes on me. But we'll see if EFO wins some money against Morgan Creek. The next set of cases have to deal with (laughs) (laughs) the director's issues. So there were three different directors before Benny Boom, who produced the or directed, excuse me, the All Eyes on Me biopic. So in 2011, director Antoine Fragois. <laughs> or Fuqua. <laughs> she said Fragua like we was over here oh, eating duck yeah. liver. I'm hungry. <laughs> Shoot, it's so late. Um, all I have was Jamba Juice for lunch. I'm trying to try this liquid diet. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Were you not over there snacking on that Popeyes? <laughs> <laughs> See, why time you got to put me on blast though? You know, I had my liquid diet for lunch, but at uh, night I ate some Popeyes. I'm trying to balance, you know, thick Rihanna and thick Beyonce kind of inspire me to keep these few extra pounds. However, I'm not there mentally yet. Monique says skinny women are evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> Well, anyways, Antoine, we just go call him Antoine, (laughs) was set to direct the Tupac biopic. So I'm not exactly sure why he exited, but just from a lot of the research that I did, he wasn't really supportive of the film because, or didn't really want to be involved in the film because Afeni Shakur, Tupac's mom, wasn't in support of the film. Yeah. you know, she didn't want to be a part of it initially, but he convinced her to be a part of the story. He's like, you know, this is your son's life. And no matter what happened between you and Morgan Creek, I always get ready to call him Morgan Stanley. Um, <laughs> you should still be a part of the film. Yeah. So after he was out of the picture, some years went by, apparently, and it sort of sat um, stalling. And in 2014 is when John Singleton stepped up. And we know him from, like, directing Poetic Justice and now BT's Rebel, which I think is doing pretty well yeah, right now. it's pretty good. Um, he was set to direct, rewrite, and produce the film. But something happened in April 2015 because he claimed... The reason I am not making this picture is because the people involved aren't fully respectful of the legacy of Tupac Amaru Shakur in Singleton's own words. So in April 2015, Carl Franklin, um, he's the director of Out of Time and Devil in the Blue Dress, stepped in to direct the Tupac biopic after Singleton. But in August of 2015, he parted ways due to uncertainties and I guess just uncertainties about all of the aspects of the movie, like where the direction was going, how it was being paid for, whose blessing was had, all that type of stuff. So, so last thing, oh, no, sorry. no, Carl Franklin, he's out the picture as of August 2015. So still no director. So, guys, that was three directors before we got to Benny Boom, who was the director of All Eyes on Me. Now the Tupac biopic has a name. Previously, it was just the unnamed Tupac biopic. So if you don't know Benny Boom, he's known for his music videos. So he directed Sierra's Goodies and my song, No Frauds by Queen Nicki Minaj. So after we get Benny Boom on board, uh, we have All Eyes on Me's official name, like we've said a few times now. It's released this past June 
and it grossed $27 million in the opening weekend. But nobody in the Shakur family really approved of it. And it was strange because Afini was entitled to be one of the executive producers credited via the Morgan Creek settlement. But they're saying that she requested not to be credited because they didn't approve of the film. So that was a little strange, but I understand if that's how it went down, why it went down that way. But John Singleton has the family's blessing, so he claims he's going to put out his own movie. And Steve McQueen, um, the director of 12 Years a Slave, also has the family blessing. So he's going to put out a Tupac biopic as well. So we'll stay tuned for those two. But we're not done with the lawsuits surrounding the Tupac biopic. Now we have music licensing issues. (sighs) It's a whole nother can of worms. So Amaru Entertainment, you know, granted licenses to Morgan Creek to use Tupac's music in the film, but Amaru doesn't own the rights to all of Tupac's music, strangely. So Das Dillinger sued BMG, who's a part of Sony, over the rights to Tupac's song, Ambitions as a Rider. And that's one of my favorite songs. But he sued BMG for $75 million in royalties, claiming that he owns the rights to the song because he produced the song and BMG is saying, no, you don't own the rights to the song. We own the rights to the song, but the song was in the movie. So I don't know what happened with that. Um, (laughs) I am assuming that this lawsuit is still ongoing. I know Daz Dillinger got a lot of flack. Daz Dillinger is a part of Dog Pound, if y'all don't know. Uh, So he was running with Tupac and all them back in the day. What's up? And We'll see where that goes. I'll give you an update once I find out more information. Another set of lawsuits. The post-release lawsuits of All Eyes on Me having to deal with the journalists who sue the distributors and everybody else for using his stories and All Eyes on Me. So after the movie came out, journalist Kevin Powell sued Lionsgate, who was the distributor of the All Eyes on Me movie, Individual producers, including a bunch of Jane and John Doe's, he's saying that they infringed on his copyright by using his interviews of Tupac that he published in Vive magazine in the movie. Now, okay, Mr. Powell, (laughs) (laughs) although the interviews are in the public domain and fall under fair use, He's saying and claiming that he embellished them in some of the interviews of Tupac that he wrote for Vibe. He claims that he created the entire Nigel character, which the movie copied and made to seem true. So Powell is claiming that the way Tupac's story is told follows the same sequence of events and method of storytelling of his life as Powell created in his original work in the Vibe articles. So if Powell's arrangement of the facts are imaginative, he is protected by copyright law. So basically what this is saying is if he had done an actual interview that was only full of the facts and not embellished, it would completely be fair use. Because it's just an account of what happened. What Homeboy here is admitting is that he made up shit. Journalistic fraud. He was just (laughs) making up portions of the interview to make it sound better. Which is like, did you even have to do? Like, it's it's fucking Tupac. Like, what do you have to make up? Like, Mm -hmm. his story is pretty damn good on its own. But 
Here we are, and you're trying to get your piece of the pie with this weak-ass argument. Weak argument. So on Monday, August 7th, the defendants responded to the lawsuit, and they said, throw the shit out because he doesn't have a case. <laughs> he didn't even register the copyrights, and he doesn't even own the work to the articles. Which <laughs> they're saying that... It potentially was a work for hire, which if anyone knows, we've discussed a little bit. A work for hire is someone hires you to do something that's going to have a deliverable, something that is a tangible, copyrightable piece of work. And that deliverable will not be owned by you, even though you're the one who authored it, because I'm paying you to do this for me, which is sort of different from like, oh, I'm paying you to write something and it's going to be yours and we'll publish it on our site. No, no, no. You're writing it. We own it once you finish with it. <laughs> so that's what they're saying. They're like, vibe. they weren't even doing mm-mm. that was work for hire, girl. So the only way that Kevin, I'm not his attorney. We're not his attorneys. Never. May have some type of defense or argument and not get the case thrown out of if he has a valid contract that said he was able to retain rights to his work and it wasn't a work for hire. But other than that. And that is, I think, all of the lawsuits. <laughs> right. I mean, we probably missed some, like, but those are the important ones. The important ones. ones. This is The Breakdown. 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 And today's topic, life rights. Life rights usually come up in storytelling, typically films or TV shows. These are the rights used to tell the generally true story of a person's life. The First Amendment protects non-commercial speech and a biographical film constitutes non-commercial speech. Thus, under the First Amendment, releases to tell the story of a public figure is not necessary. So, first you must determine if the subject is a public or private figure. In relation to public figures, you do not need rights to tell the story about facts, events in the public domain. Anyone can write about these interesting facts without obtaining permission to do so. However, one cannot take the way in which the facts are expressed or written and use them without permission. For example, creating a film based on a book or article written by someone else. When you purchase someone's life story rights, you get permission to use their name and likeness. However, obtaining life rights does not give you the ability to depict in the film certain non-public figures, such as family members, without further releases, or to use certain events that may appear only in one source, such as a book biography, which you have not obtained film rights and that are not found in news articles or other places. The legal issue comes into play because people possess rights of privacy, rights of publicity, and a right to not be put in a false light. They waive the right to file a lawsuit based on a violation of those rights. In fact, it is the waiver of the right to sue you no matter what you do to the person's life story. Obtaining life rights will also give you more information that is not available in the public domain. Obtaining life rights does not prevent another producer from making a film or television show or from writing a book based upon the subject's life. To obtain life rights, you can sign a contract directly with the person whose story you wish to tell, or you can purchase the film rights to a book or magazine story about the person. And that was The Breakdown. So, Taylor, um, T-Swift's. 
she, <laughs> we talked about this before very briefly and we're going to keep it brief again, but she had this lawsuit filed against her for defamation because she was accusing this radio DJ of DJ touching up. David Mueller. Touching up on her booty. Um, what booty? Uh, booga, 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 booty. <laughs> <laughs> so he was filling up her booty allegedly and she went and told the world and she basically ruined his career is what he's saying via this defamation suit. And I personally thought it was going to be like, I don't know, settled by now or something, well, but they're actually going to court. This girl, Taylor, she countersued and she is suing for dun, 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 one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Because she just wants to keep it going. She has a point to prove. She's saying he needs to respect women and not touch and feel on him. I agree. One dollar. Okay. I, I, for some reason, you know, it's just, it's Taylor. So I'm defaulting to always the other person. <laughs> Even though I did look at the picture and I was like, this is, there's a whole jury selection happening right, right now, now, y'all. I think it, it was yesterday or the day before. And they're going to look at this picture and be like... The jury selections, two men and six women, so... I mean, they're actually, they're talking about the whole defamation side, but Mm -hmm. the defense is going to be from Taylor, this actually happened. And so they have to get into whether it happened or not. And there's a picture, there's a whole picture, so... I can't promise that we can keep y'all updated on this. (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious that... since we talking about booty, side note. Have you listened to the booty tape by Ugly God? I know the ratchet and you might should listen. I don't even Ugly God. See, ugly. You know I, that song, only a bitch like water. Something water, water. Mm, I don't know the words. I just know it's water. <laughs> okay, listen to that. I've <laughs> just been getting my life to rake it up. To be quite honest. Oh my God! Do you like Nikki's part? Yeah, I think you know. I'm not gonna even front. Yeah, it had to be Queen B who posted it, who got me to back in. Because I actually I really was not expecting you to say. I really did like break it up the first time I heard it, but it just sort of drifted away. Because you know everyone's trying to have the summer song. Yeah. But when she posted it to go with her picture mm-hmm. with her tiggle bitties. Um, like post-pregnancy bitties and i was like oh damn um but she posted rake it up with that and i was just like damn i really like that beat and so i was at work today pretending to be a stripper (laughs) (laughs) okay so tyrone wants to be a stripper taylor doesn't want anybody to grab her booty and colin kaepernick still doesn't have a job in nfl and i'm really pissed off about that but shout out to j cole for standing up for him and going off on the Baltimore Ravens. Read them down. And it's football season. Go Niners. Uh, that wraps it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. And we're not your attorneys. Still not. <laughs>